the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. This is I on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of I on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm uh, I'm losing my sense of time. <laughs> time goes so quick. Um, I will get to that forty-year mortgage with Ace next week because I didn't. I almost lost track of the time. But I'm back with Stephen Ebert, our real estate and our legal real estate expert. And as I said, I won't get into it on the phone. But I just heard a horror story from somebody that I know who used an attorney that was not a real estate attorney. And really, the guy made a major mistake. Uh, you know, not that he did it deliberately, but make sure when you're buying an investment that is usually one of the largest investments you're going to buy, you get a real estate attorney who knows and does that for a living all the time. Okay? Do not get your son-in-law. Okay. Stephen, so in the first half of the show, we were talking about you know, all the papers say something different, you know, and if you listen to the news, who says we're in a recession, who says we're not in a recession, and people ask, well, should I buy in a recession or should I wait for the prices to crash? Um, and, again, um, no one knows the future, so when we're giving opinions, I don't see prices coming down. I don't see just what I see, and tell me if you differ, but I I don't see prices coming down. I just don't see them going up the way they went. And, of course, the volume is going to, there's going to be less, you know, less deals. Not because, but you're comparing it to a, a phenomenal, like a market that was, like, off the wall. I've never seen a market like that we had in 21, so, in 22. So, you know, it's still a healthy market. People like to buy. The foreigners are coming back. They're starting to, you know, the restrictions are starting to loosen up. So, you know, foreigners are coming to back. And once foreigners start to come back to, you know, visit New York, which is one of their favorite destinations, I'm sure they'll also buy there. Or their kids go to school there and then they buy. Um, so, I, and then we talked a little about casinos opening up and that Stephen Roth and Related want to open one in Hudson Yards, if I'm not mistaken. And John Casamitidis wants to open up one in, um, I want to say Coney Island. So that's, you know, so I don't talk about that. Some people think it's good. Some people think it's bad. And all I can say to you is that we're lucky we live in a country where we're allowed to have any, you know, an opinion. So, Steve, in your law practice, I mean, and again, you get all different types of questions and things that people need done. 
Like some of, what what is like the average sentiment of your clients? What are they feeling as far as where we are in the in the in, in the world? You know now. I mean, sure, you deal with some very high end clients, very high end, and very knowledgeable and smart. And you are very knowledgeable and smart. I don't think there's a question I could ask you that you wouldn't know. So, what are you feeling? What are you sensing? Because, you know, when you read things, I mean, it really. Like even the word recession, and they tell you what the de- you know how you go into a recession. Now people are debating whether that's true or not. So what are you feeling? What is your read, or what are your clients, or what are you hearing? Sure. So first off, um, you got to remember that everyone's in a different situation. So number one, if you think about it, if you're making a decision for a primary residence, what you have to analyze it is what is the next best alternative for you. Right. There was a great saying. I, I want to uh, credit it. I think to. I think it was Harry Truman. I could be wrong on it. And when we're talking about definitions of recessions, you know, the, the jokingly was, if your neighbor is out of work, it's a recession. If you're out of work, it's a depression. Oh, I like that. And, I like that. I have to remember it. And it, and it's so true. It's like first of all, what's your circumstance? And if you say to me, well, wait a minute, there's a there's a house that I want to buy. And it's going to cost me mortgage insurance and taxes before my tax write-off, 6000 a month, and then I'll have a tax deduction, so it'll be lower. Or I can rent something equivalent for $5,000, and I have the down payment money. Well, what's better, to buy or to rent? I mean, you gotta look at you got to look at the numbers. And if somebody says to me, what's your time horizon? Well... I'm in a job. I don't know if I like it. I don't know. I'm new to the city. I don't know if I want to live there. Let me give it a year or so, and then I'll, you know, think about it. That's a very different position than somebody says, oh, I just got married. We just had our first kid. We love the school district. We want to be here for a long time. So, right, you got to first actually analyze what the situation of the person is. Why are they going into it? What's the extra? What's the cost? Because, Dottie, I remember so many times when people always said, now's not a good time. And you know what? For the people who bought right before or right after, that's probably a good time when everyone's saying it's not. It, it's 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 very true. I mean, think about nine eleven. Anybody who bought pretty much anything did well. Think about financial contagion in two thousand and eight. How did they do Jesus. since then? Think about this. Anybody that bought a house in the last two years, and normally it takes a little bit longer than two years for it to really appreciate. Anybody that bought a house in the last couple of years during the pandemic, uh, besides for their down payment, certainly had price appreciation. Absolutely, yeah, no, absolutely. And and then the other thing is also, what are you doing with the funds? Like right right now, for example, even if let's say the value of the house, let's say, is sideways for the next year or two. Okay. Um, Imagine if somebody bought a house in January of this year versus rented and left their money in the stock market. If you could turn back the clock six months ago, you'd say, I would have much rather had it in a property even just to park the money because look at what's happened in the market as, again, a general average, right? So you, what you need to do is to have balance in life. You need to have balance in how you invest your assets. You need to have a balance in how you're looking uh, at living, obviously, you want to be careful. You want to have reserves. You don't want to spend every last penny. And the banks really won't let you, and rightfully so. 
they want to make sure you have some reserves because what if a day after closing the washing machine breaks they need to go out and buy a new one right what if you know the motor on the garage doesn't work and all of a sudden you have to spend for that so you got to have some money set aside for the unanticipated uh repairs um that are out there and and, and look what's interesting be. There always, there always is. And look look at the numbers. You know, people get focused, and I'm sure, you know, AAs can give a lot of depth in this too, of course. But they look at, oh, the Fed raised, you know, the federal funds rate by 75 basis points, three-quarter of a percent. But we got to look at, look at the long-term rates. Right now we have what we call an inverted yield curve where the short-term rates are actually higher than the longer term which does show a sign that's, a, that's one of the key indicators when you do have a recession. Um, but what that also means is that there, the belief is that long-term mortgage rates are not going to spike. And interestingly enough, you know, mortgage rates have actually come down a little bit. Yeah, they came um, down. Depending upon, of course, the day. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. you got to be very careful when people start looking at trends and averages well, remember, an average always has some out-of-date data, and that could be weighing things down or pushing things up, right? If you take a look at the last six months and average it, well, when things are moving quickly, and we are in a time period where things have moved a bit quick, averages don't work well because you're overweighting data that was before the, the swift reaction. So you've got to okay, be very, please. very careful when you're looking at that. Yeah, one second. Now, we have a caller on the line. And sure. Do I have a caller on the line? Hello, Donnie. Hello, Hello Donnie. God bless you. This is G.I. Gino, Jersey Jack, back in Hackensack. I have two important questions. One, if the federal Social Security, 11.5% cost of the increment, will that affect, you know, your legal eagles there can figure out if it's going to check or regular Social Security and SSD and SSI, I'm an American Marine veteran in a wheelchair on a fixed income. And second, USAA, you know, these uh, mortgage, uh, second mortgage on houses for American veterans borrowing against, are they any uh, more efficient or more upstanding than like the money store and other things like that? If you can answer those questions, Johnny. Well, I'm not a legal expert, so I would have to, I don't I I think we can't fully answer, unfortunately, they're one of those questions. I mean, I I can't say what one institution is doing versus another. Um, All I can say is make sure in your particular case that you have um, somebody who is an expert being able to compare what the offers are. Right. It, it's sort of like it's it's like right. it's sort of like shopping at a gas station. You can't always say that this brand of gas is always cheaper than that brand of gas. Sometimes it depends on the location and the price of gas would vary last week versus next week versus two months ago. So I would say the same thing. So the best thing to do is to talk to multiple people when looking for a mortgage. But if you but but if you happen to be a veteran or you um, go for a mortgage um, that is, you know, a better, like the, you know, an FHA mortgage that is um, guaranteed by the government. The only thing with those properties is with FHAs, the property has to. You can't buy a house that has a million repairs that has to be done. Um, they want them done. So you know, you, you you're, you're limited in the sense that you have to buy a house that's in fairly good condition. But basically, at this moment in time, I really, I mean, I don't know how things are going to end up because 
I think that this pandemic has changed a lot of people. I think I'm a baby boomer, okay? My work ethic is like, you know, forget about it. I work seven days a week. And I did notice well before the pandemic that the millennials, the new generation of people, um, the younger generation, they wanted, like Steve said, more of a balance in life. They want, you know, they want to have time for their families. Their wife doesn't want to be a, what they used to call a golf widow because the husband was always playing golf. Okay. They want to have a, a business wife. They want to have a, a nice, you know, relationship with their spouse or their significant other. Um, they want to have family time. So they want to have everything. And they still want to make money. So a lot of, uh, a, a lot of sh- things are changing, and I think a lot of people with the pandemic who were next to, like, close to retiring or maybe were in a job that they didn't really love, I think those people, you know, you got subsidies and if you aren't working. And so I think a lot of those people left the job market and will maybe re-enter it. But I know that uh, a lot of companies are competing and saying, okay, if you work for us, you don't have to come in every single day. You can work out of your house three days. And people got used to that. So I think, you know, everything is different, and that's why there's no way you can generally give a rule of thumb for everybody because everyone's predicament is different. Obviously, the older that you get, uh, assuming you're not a multimillionaire, um, the less chances you want to take because you don't have that many years to make the money back. Um, As far as real estate goes, hey, I think that, you know, you can actually buy a list of things that are in foreclosure. And what that really means is that something has not been paid, a mortgage payment for three months. But by the time New York State gets them out, and sometimes you can make a deal with the seller. And, you know, the sellers, you know, can't pay. And rather than having a foreclosure, they can do what we call a short sale, where, you know, they have to get approval from the bank. But that's much better on their record that they don't have a foreclosure. And, you know, sometimes you can get a nice deal, but you, but it's a lot of work. You've got to really know the market. And I think that kind of we're in a transition. If I tell you, I read so many papers, and everyone has a different slant. Everyone has a different opinion on things because um, I, I don't think we've ever been through a time like this. So, you know, this is the first for us. Uh, people looking at rentals as a big thing. Look at the city. Look at the rentals in the city. Look at the lines of people that want rentals. And, of course, when we started with the pandemic, what was that, Steve, the 20 or 21? Everyone flocked out of the city. Everyone flocked out of the city. I remember walking down the street on on Fifth Avenue, and there wasn't a car in the street. And now I'm cursing under my breath about the traffic. And foreigners are now, you know, they're restricting some, you know, they're they're lifting some of the restrictions. So I think it's an interesting time, and I think that, you know, we're going to have to see how it plays out. But as far as real estate goes, I mean, you can look at it over time. People that really, first of all, I always am a believer of buy in a good location, and also I'm not a believer, and it's just my opinion, don't buy the most expensive house on the block. But if you look at buying, although it's cooled a little, we're comparing it to a year that was kind of off the wall. So when they say it's cool, it's still a very strong real estate market. 
maybe there's not 20 bidders on a house, um, but there's still a lot of activity. And, Steve, speaking of that, someone called in. They were in a bidding war, and their broker said to them, can you give me your final and best offer? And they really didn't know what that meant and how that how 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 to compete. How the, how how do they what kind of offer should they make to compete with who's ever bidding on the house? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, what happens is is that until you have a signed contract with a deposit tender, you know, the deal might fall apart, and it could fall apart for a variety of reasons. And that's where, you know, as, as a transactional attorney, you have to figure out balance. The balance of being thorough and the enemy of time and trying to figure out what's important and what's not important. That's one of the most uh, critical items that we can do for a client. You know, and I'll, I'll tell you an example on this for a second before I answer that. You know, I had an issue this week. I'm representing a seller, and we had a buyer's attorney who was very slow. It took three weeks. You know, and he was asking questions about asbestos and lead paint on a building that was a brand new building built a little over 10 years ago, which, of course, it's been illegal to use asbestos right. and lead paint for decades before a brand new building was built. Um, and what ended up happening was, you know, somebody came in, they moved fast within about a day or so, they signed the contract and uh, moved on. And they went with the second one and offered more money and everything. So, okay. first of all, a couple things. Number one, so your deal is not final until it's done. Now, what the best and final conceptually means, though, is that we have a bidding war, we have multiple people, and conceptually, give us your top offer that you're willing to pay, and we're going to say who's going to win. But what's interesting about it is it, there's a lot of moral respect for it, and a lot of times people will follow through on it. But I want to be clear, on, as the lawyer side, um, it's not legally enforceable right so it's something that's widely used in the industry and when you have bidding wars and so forth to try to get the most and then to say fine this is ideal but i just want to be careful dotty when, when people hear this still you got to move fast and be ready because well, no, I'm, um, I'm glad you said unenforceable. That. because when you're interviewing attorneys the first thing you have to ask them besides are they a real estate attorney will they be available promptly because what people, I've had people call screaming at me because they had a deal, you know, they went and saw a property that they liked, they made some kind of an offer, maybe they went back and forth a little bit, and then the owner accepted their offer, accepted their offer, but it had not gone to contract yet. Now, if you have an attorney that just takes his time and just has no urgency, people are still showing the house. I mean, legally, by law, we're supposed to show the house even after it's in contract. I mean, you know, obviously if the seller tells us not to show it anymore, that's fine. But so all of a sudden somebody came in with a higher offer, and the and this happens many a day, and the buyers are mad at my the agent, and they're like, this agent, we had a deal. And to your point, okay, it's not enforceable. I mean, it, 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 you know, that's why it's important to really have your team set up, to have all your pre-qualifications, to have your credit checked all ahead of time. And time is our enemy, and even today. So I think we're out of it. No, you have a few more minutes. 
Okay, you great. Have a few more minutes. I want to give us. I want you to give us your, 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 your words of what you can leave people with. Your words of wisdom and buying in a time like this, or selling. MyPillow is having their biggest bed sheet sale ever. The MyPillow Percale sheets are available in a variety of colors and all sizes. Now on sale, for example, the queen size, regular price $89.98, now only $39.98 with your promo code. Order now, as there is a very limited supply. The MyPillow Percale sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They have deep pockets to fit over any mattress. The MyPillow Percale sheets come with a 10-year warranty and a six 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code AM970 to receive the MyPillow percale sheets for as low as $29.98. Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970. That's 800-651-0798. 800-651-0798. Use the promo code AM970. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-881-4747. That's 1-800-881-4747. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-881-4747. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Imagine you're relaxing on the sky deck of a beautiful yacht as it cruises through New York Harbor. The iconic skyline creates a picturesque backdrop as you sip a delicious summer cocktail with your feet up, taking in the sun and scenic views, finding refuge from traffic that plagues the tri-state area. On board, a tranquil cruise. Sounds like an impossible dream, right? Well, all of this can be your reality on board the Atlantis with New York Cruises. Fully insured and Coast Guard certified, this three-deck yacht is fantastic. Family-owned and operated, with over 40 years of boat building and marine experience, Captain Fred and the Atlantis will make any event a great time. Comfort, luxury, attention to detail is what the Atlantis and New York cruises are all about. Experience the sophistication of cruising around Manhattan in style on your wedding day, birthday, anniversary, corporate event, or you know what, for no occasion at all. Call 212-633-1231 or visit NewYorkCruises.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm just wrapping up with uh, one of the best real estate attorneys I know, Stephen Ebert. So before you leave us, Stephen, and enjoy this wonderful day with your family, um, you have any tips for people buying or selling in this market that we're in? Which is very yeah, kind of 
transitional. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, it's not lots, lots of different thoughts on it. Absolutely. What I would say, the first thing is before making a decision to buy or sell, identify your weak points. And what I mean from a buy point of view, make sure you have your money ready for a deposit. Make sure you have your money that you need for that transaction and a little bit in post-closing liquidity reserves, I would say, out of the stock market. Right now, there's, there's volatility in the market. And you do not want to put yourself in a position where you've signed a contract, you're about to sign a contract, and the assets that you plan on using for the transaction will fluctuate. So very, very important on that. Make sure also that you check your credit in advance. You talk to a mortgage professional and get a sense to make sure if there's any weaknesses that you have, you have that addressed and taken care of. Um, and also with that, closely watch the mortgage rate. And please watch the right information. There's a lot of information out there right now. Some of it is completely irrelevant. Um, and make sure you're focusing on the right kind of information. On the seller side, you have some of the obvious stuff. Make sure you look through your property to make sure that everything's in order before you sell and you're prepared for issues that might be an inspection. For example, I had a conversation with a client yesterday. They're about to list a, um, a brownstone that has a landmark status, and you know there were, there were some condition issues. And we talked about what made sense for them to take care of and what made sense given their pricing. So very important on that. Anyone who's dealing with an estate situation where someone has passed on or a divorce and they're looking to sell or buy, have a conversation with your attorney. Make sure the paperwork is in order before you sign that contract. You could be stuck in a contract and miss timelines and cause a real problem, be in breach or have monetary costs, and then your buyer might turn around, depending upon how a contract might be written, and say, look, there's real costs that I have as a buyer because of your delay seller with my mortgage extensions and so forth. So really be on top of that uh, as well. Um, well. Thank you. But, you know, Steve, maybe next week, because I, I don't have time because of all these questions that I've received, but maybe you could talk about the advice that you'd give somebody um, on, like, I, I had somebody write in that they sold their they, they sold their home and they bought another house, and their house um, that they sold, they had a good deal, so they took it, but the house that they were buying wasn't going to be ready yet. Um, you know that they, that the, the people were going to be ready to. They could move. That that they would let them move in, but the closing was not yet. And they were wondering if it would be okay if they would rent the house until the closing. And so there's a lot of issues with that. So I'm not going to try to get you into that at the moment. But timing, you know, when you're trying to buy and sell at the same time, some of the things that you need to know and protect yourself from. Absolutely. There's a lot to balance, and it's very tricky, and you've got to really understand the motivations of the other party as well to make sure that you're not caught short. So absolutely, do your, you know, do your homework in advance. Be prepared. Absolutely critical. And one quick question before you go, and have a great day. Do you think we're in a recession? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I look, one of the things as lawyers, and they teach you early on in your career, is there's a couple of ways to try to be sneaky in negotiating a contract, right? You can try to artfully 
have some of the provisions, but also check the definitions section. And if you, you can write a contract that says white is black and black is white, and that's how you define what the words mean, and then make everything opposite. It has been a long, long-standing definition of a recession is that you have two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. That is a fact. And the other thing is, by the way, I think the recession is worse than what the numbers say. I don't think we're in a horrible one, but I think they're worse. And the reason is as follows. We have also inflation going on. So it looks like people are spending more money than they actually are in goods and services. If the price of going to a restaurant goes up 20%, did we just increase by 20% the amount of dining in America? No, no. we did not. So you got to be very careful that in numbers are actually masking other issues. There's, I think, way more going on with it. So I think there is, I think it undertells the story. Um, I think also it's the same thing about unemployment. One of the things that's being, that was being discussed and it was done in a political way, not an analysis way, in my opinion, was that, oh, unemployment has been basically steady. Well, sure, but there's a big problem. The better statistic to look at is labor participation. You see, if somebody doesn't have a job and they're looking for work, they're considered unemployed. If somebody doesn't have a job, but they've given up on looking for work, they're not considered unemployed. So the real issue we have to look at is the labor force participation rate. Of the working age population of the country, what percentage of the people are actually working? And that's a statistic, in my opinion, which is much more meaningful, because why do we have a higher percentage of people who should be working not working? And whether they say they want to work or don't want to work. And I think that's one of the... One of the issues out there. I don't there. know. I don't know. It's a good thing to talk about next week because I, I I read that the unemployment filings for unemployment has gone up, but yet the job market is good. I mean, you know, we have plenty of jobs. So I, you know, I kind of think the pandemic made some people maybe rethink what their priorities were, or maybe some people decided to retire quicker than they were. You know, there's a lot of different factors, but in any event. I we appreciate your advice, and if you really need a great real estate attorney, Steve, just give us the information again. I'm posting it. Sure, yeah. Feel free to contact me at the office, uh, 914-517-6941, or dot com. And good luck, everybody, with your searches and transactions. Yeah, hopefully next week we'll get into talking more about second homes and investing in real estate, you know, um, you know, investing in, in income-producing real estate that you use for a second income. Um, so have a wonderful day, and um, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. Have a great weekend, Dottie. Take care. You're welcome. And now we have and will be joined by, he's been on a show many times, he's an expert, um, in insurance, Peter Conte, Simona Conte Perino Insurance Agency. Good, good. A- I mean, I'd say probably good afternoon. It's almost twelve. Peter, how are you? Good afternoon, Dottie. I agree with you. I actually woke up early today, so it does feel like the afternoon already. Well, it's almost twelve, so I consider that afternoon. Anyhow, 
We really didn't get into it because we did. I did a lot of work on on second homes, and so we were really going to talk about it. But I, I didn't. It's, it's a lot, so I'm going to give like little doses of it every week. Um, but when you are buying a home, whether it's your primary residence, but let's say you're buying a second home and you're going to rent it. Uh, what kind of things do you need? Do you need extra things for insurance? And then the other thing is, you know, yesterday or the day before, I found out that one of my assistants uh, put, um, yeah, just I said, oh, I have to renew my homeowner's insurance, and, you know, I did a lot of, I really knocked my house down and built it again, so... What do you have in value? We took care of it. Didn't really put a value down. So how do you determine how much insurance you need? Because you can never have enough insurance, I guess. And what are the most important (laughs) things that you would look at when you're insuring your personal residence and possibly if you're insuring a residence that you're going to rent? It's a great question, Dottie. So when it comes to your personal residence, what you always want to do is make sure that you have enough on your insurance policy to completely rebuild your home from scratch, right? So typically after a claim, let's say it's a fire claim, the whole property needs to be, depending on how large your house is, of course, the whole property needs to be demoed and taken away, right? It's a life safety issue if majority of the house has structural failures or there's damage to the structure. So most of the house has to get taken away. So Imagine what we do as insurance brokers is we prepare for your, the worst day in your life. So we always want to make sure that you have enough to rebuild from the ground up, period. And that's on your primary home and on your secondary home, but there are some other factors that go into your secondary home. So Joe Schmo calls me up and he's got a secondary home. The first thing I need to ascertain is how it's going to be used. If he wants to use this as an income or, you know, for passive income where he rents it out over the summer or let's say it's in the mountains and he rents it out over the winter for the ski season, I need to first take into account the geography and also how he's going to use it because the risk is different. If he's just going to be up there six months out of the year, hanging in the mountains or hanging by the beach in the summer, depending on where his home is, that's fine. That's a lot less risky than if there's it's being rented out. And I hear the I music. I think we have a, a break coming up. So can you hold that thought? And we'll continue this way after our, our commercial break. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it 
enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. Tune in to the Papa Report with John Papa. We have a, a saying on our whiteboard, educate and empower people so that they can make better decisions with their hard-earned money. And we live by that strategy. Securing your financial future. What is the purpose of your retirement plan? We want to find out, is it to go travel? Is it to go see the grandkids? Tune in to the Papa Report, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and Sundays at 1 p.m. Right here on AM 970, The Answer. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. After driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, we believe Mitsubishi Motors now launches its most exciting lineup ever. Get thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Choose from a wide selection of trim levels in either front-wheel drive or all-wheel control, all featuring the flexibility of third-row seating. With special finance and lease programs, you'll be sure to find just the right Mitsubishi Outlander for you. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com. That's FreeholdMitsubishi.com. Or call 732-863-2788. 732-863-2788. Freehold Mitsubishi. We tried Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, and after a couple of weeks, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and there was a lot less scratching and shedding. My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite and her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're talking to Pia Kase about house insurance. And um, again, you never know how much is enough. And you're saying that basically you need to have the amount of money and insurance that you could rebuild the house from scratch. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think I was just about to go into the difference between on a secondary home, uh, renter people who rent it out versus people who occupy them and sold as a secondary six months out of the year or less. Um, the the main difference in that is you need to take into account the liability of it all. If you're renting out your second home, you are generating income, so you need to make your carrier aware that it is being rented out. There are specific carriers that are okay with that type of risk and will allow you to rent out your secondary home. Some carriers are not okay with it, and they're okay with you having one, but renting it out is not okay. And it's a liability because if you have people in your home and there's a, a, a step or a staircase in there that's not the most secure and they fall down it, 
they can still sue you and they can come after your financial well-being and your financial future. So you always want to make sure if you're renting out your second home, you have enough liability on your insurance policy to cover a lawsuit that comes your way. So in other words, if you rent at your home, let's just say that you didn't have a faulty staircase. Let's just say that somebody tripped in your house and they fell down stairs. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shattered right now because I just found out a good friend of mine who's probably not even 50 just fell downstairs and is dead. I, I just can't even believe it. But in any event, if you, if you, um, can, now can someone say, listen, you know, you know, I, I fell down the stairs, but it was like wobbling. I mean, in other words, can they sue you for just anything or does it have to be that you had like something that was faulty? Yeah. So, I mean, they can, you can sue anyone for anything, right? So they do have a potential lawsuit against the person whose home they were renting from. And, you know, the determination of negligence, first of all, the insurance carrier on that home has a duty to respond to the lawsuit no matter no matter what. So right, there's a legal defense for the insured. But when it comes to the payout and the liability portion, the carrier could deny the claim by saying, look, there was no fault on my insured's part, and therefore we're off this claim and any further action, you know, doesn't really matter um, because there's no fault on my insured's part. And so then it would be up to the insured after that point to provide their own defense should the lawsuit continue. But yeah, unfortunately we see a lot of cases of people renting out their second homes or, you know, they're going away and they Airbnb their home and then someone gets hurt and then they get a lawsuit and, you know, either they didn't inform their carrier or us and we didn't, you know, we always inform the carrier. As soon as we find out someone's renting a home. In other words, you home, have to make sure yeah. that you know, like if I have, that. Oh, by the way, I'm renting out my house. So that, you know, when you, in other words, when you're talking to your insurance man or woman, <clears throat> then you need to tell them if you're renting somebody, you know, if, if you're renting a property, correct? Oh, absolutely. It's, it, that's the best way to protect yourself. Let your insurance person know you're doing it. And then they'll either say, oh, no, we have to get you another policy or, oh, no, just hang on a couple days while I make some arrangements so that you're okay to do this and your carrier will cover you. But yeah. a huge issue right now is Airbnb. I really, I do have to call yeah. you. I just keep on forgetting. I, I did, I did a whole rehab to my house and I really have to change the insurance. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that those are all important things. And I think that there's certainly liability you know, when you read something out and, you know, a good thing to do is check the reference of whoever you're renting it to. Just make sure that they're not somebody that likes to sue. Uh, because, oh, yeah. You know, there are professional sewers. I mean, I think there are people that just do that. Um, so that's really important. And then trying to get them out. I have a friend, and unfortunately she's not well, and she rented mm -hmm. out a room in her house in the Hamptons during the summer, and the people would move out. She actually had to pay them after a year of not receiving rent. No, to make matters worse, they didn't pay the rent. They, she ended up giving them $20,000 to get out of the house. 
Yeah, so New, that, that's part of New York eviction law, which I think Steve, the real estate attorney, could probably talk more about, but that's the tough part. If you let a, let a renter in, I don't think they really have to leave. I mean, it would be that's nice hard. if they leave at the end of their lease, but they don't that's necessarily have to, and they're mildly protected. Yeah. So when you're, when you're giving people advice on what to insure, obviously you're going to insure the the house that if God forbid you had a fire or something that you could rebuild your house. And again, if your house is old, you'd have to look at the cost of rebuilding it today. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. What about content? I mean, you could get carried away with that. What kind of content in the house do you kind of recommend that people take a second look at? Sure. So, a lot of people like to underestimate the value of their content, especially now with inflation going crazy. Everything costs more. So the sofa I have was $1,000 a year ago. Probably right now, if I went to buy it again, it would be 1500 So right. it's something you need to manage just because the cost of living has gone up exponentially in the last year alone. So you need to make sure your content is adequate to buy everything back so my goal as an insurance broker is to make sure the interruption in your life is as minimal as possible and there's enough money there for you to buy everything back. So I need the help from my insureds to make sure they have enough content coverage. Typically, we, we start people in New York when they have condo and co-op insurance, uh, you know, 20-year-olds out of college and everything with $25,000 because a lot of people don't realize the value of everything they own. So... So that's the base of what we start our policies with. And still, a a year-long policy with $25,000 in contents on it is $200 a year. So for that type of investment to protect your stuff, it's very much worth it. But let me me ask you a question. Like if you said $25,000, I mean, I could tell you that if I had to replace everything, it would be well over $25,000. So is there kind of a rule of thumb? Like, uh, I mean, look, if you have, like, like art and fine art or stuff like that, that's I'm, I'm going to put that in a different category. What about jewelry? <laughs> you know, do you jewelry. do that separately? Do you do that, you know? Yeah, good question. Jewelry, put in the category of fine art as well. That should be in its own category. And that tell me about outside of everything else. I mean, Having it scheduled so that, you know, if you go out, if you schedule jewelry on your insurance policy, what happens then is you have a higher level of coverage. It adds a coverage called mysterious disappearance. And it's almost, it's almost like if anything happens to that piece of jewelry, whether you have it, whether you're in your house, out of your house, whether it just decides to crack one day. I know jewelry doesn't really decide to crack one day, but if it does, you can put in a claim for that piece of jewelry. So typically what I tell people is $4,000 and up on a specific piece of jewelry. Let's schedule that because who knows what happened. Well, if you fall one while you're outside and crack your favorite ring or watch, you know, let's claim for that. You know, I, I have a story to tell you. I let made the mistake of letting my, uh, this is going back about 10 years ago, my assistant get me insurance for my jewelry. And I had mm-hmm. a yellow diamond that was worth a ton of money. 
And somehow <laughs> I was I had I opened the window of my car. It was a rainy day. I was and I hit my hand against the window and the stone popped out. And in the pouring See. rain I searched and searched and searched to make a little story short, I couldn't find it. So when I went to go claim my insurance, I found out that my secretary took a policy that said the maximum amount for all your jewelry is twenty five thousand. So yep. therefore I you know, I, I have the ring with no diamond in it. I have the setting but I never put the diamond back because it wasn't insured. It wasn't, and it's my own fault. I didn't, I didn't do it myself, and maybe I wouldn't have even asked that question. So when it comes to things like that, like whether it's art or jewelry, that you know, should you list the specific pieces if they're valuable? Yes, absolutely. And now let me tell you a story. So I, I first started a couple four or five years ago. And one of the claims my office was dealing with at the time was a young lady who had a engagement ring. Now we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars just for this engagement ring. She was in London. They were on vacation. They were shopping. Then all of a sudden they left the store and the young lady realized she didn't have the ring. So she lost I think it was a $700,000 ring in a random store in London. She comes back to America. She calls us up. Of course, we sit there and we, you know, moral of the story is the insurance carrier within the week paid her the full amount for the ring and she was made whole again. So schedule your jewelry. We are close, but Peter, you've got to come back soon because I have a million other questions. So please come back in the next couple of weeks. I have a whole lot of questions of to ask you. All right? Listen, it's a spectacular day. Have a wonderful weekend, and I'll, uh, we'll talk real soon. Of course. Bye, Daddy. Bye. See everybody. Well, hear everybody next week. Enjoy this wonderful weekend. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Summertime. Now. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.